Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Feeder in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel and the Shark. That's right. No solo acts, no one or the other. All three in the building. So excited to be back college basketball tipping off on November 7th. We don't have a guest. We're going to continue to try and work on guests, but for now, so good to have the three of us around the college basketball campfire. We are brought to you by the barn burner podcast network. Go subscribe on whichever device it is that you use your college hooper of the week. This week, Luke Bonner, former UMass and West Virginia product. Luke Bonner is the college hooper of the week, really because He had a tweet earlier today uh, dubbing the UMass West Virginia basketball game, which has been scheduled. He dubbed that the Luke Bonner game. He's also the brother of Matt Bonner, whom you should all know. But the reason I chose Luke Bonner is because I quote tweeted Luke's tweet in an effort, in a shameless effort to get his attention, get eyes on our profile, and he favorited the tweet. So Luke, I appreciate you doing that, sir. Uh, we're brought to you by Royal Digital Marketing, a.k.a. RDM. RDM specializes in website development and digital marketing for small businesses and startups. So if you need a website, contact them at Colin at RoyalDigital.co. That's C-O-L-I-N at RoyalDigital.co. Make sure to check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. Make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Shannon from the corner, and it's over! 
Gentlemen, it's so good to be back. Look at these lovely faces. Let me start with this. Is this the first time all three of us have been together as married men with with rings on our fingers? I, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, I'm the latest of this threesome to get married. So I, I, I would guess that this is the first time. Do we feel more connected or something by that? What do you think? Well, it's just one more thing that we have in common. Shark, is there any... I mean, are, are you entering this season with a little bit better perspective, life perspective, I suppose, now having tied the knot? Certainly on the marriage component, but yes, to answer that question. And to, to comment on your your original point, this is the first time we've all been together as married men. This is also like the 150th episode of us doing a college basketball podcast. So for anyone that wants to call us losers, just take note. We are doing this college pat basketball podcast, and we still find found people to marry us. So we are not losers. We are able to, uh, you know, find a life partner and be able to continue doing this. 150 episodes. That's a lot. Subi, correct me if I'm wrong on the estimation there, but well, you're complete. You're you're absolutely wrong. As a matter of fact, when you enter into the Streamyard chat, you can see wh- how many episodes we have in the title. We're at one. This is 157. Not a bad guess, I suppose, if you're just t- t- Really? Guess, you're you're going to nitpick me this early in the season. I'm off by seven episodes. It was a good estimate. I didn't read the thing on top. Um, yeah, it's literally right in front of us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't read it. I was trying to make a good point about us being able to carry a wonderful hobby that we have and um, still be socially acceptable. In defense of our lovely significant others, too, or not in defense, but to to continue with that point, this is just college basketball, too. This it's, it's not like our sports fandom goes significantly lower for every other sport, either. So I don't know why we've been chosen by these lovely ladies to still be in their lives. But, yeah, bless them. I don't the know. Reason, I, don't, you know I was I'm, just going to say, Shark, I don't know if you even want to enter college basketball because right now this is the apex, the absolute top. I've ever seen you in your football fandom. You have the number one team in college football with the balls. Uh, the, 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 the commanders are on a roll right now with your boy Heineke, who you're incessantly on all fours barking like a dog for Dan Snyder. There's a lot of scuttlebutt about him selling the team. I've, I don't know if we've, and we joke about it a couple years last year, whenever you go on like a two game win streak, not sure anything's fallen into place better in your football fandom. He's also in first place in fantasy football too. I mean, like I everything's, everything's I mean, that, coming. I'm just saying that, everything's well, coming up. Shark. Every everything's coming up shark right now. I'm, I'm trying to give you credit, I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to help that along. Listen, boys, I, I initially hesitated on how I wanted to respond to Subi's first question about, you know, the notable life changes. And the truth is I have a whole new perspective on life. I read and by read, I mean, I listened to the audio book. Sorry for that siren. Ho! Firing up here in Boston right now. I was about to make a good point, too. So you might want to cut this part out, but I think it's gone. But I just read the audiobook, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Changed my life. Changed my life. I Just incredible. You got to chase green lights. Anytime you encounter a, a, a issue in the world, in your life, you got three options, brother. Persist, pivot, or concede. So... If you, you bring up my call it my football fandom, I just persisted. I kept going. Eventually, I chased that green light. I found a green light. Things are great right now. So I'm a huge Matthew McConaughey green lights fan. And it just changes the way I look at everything. I think that's going to play into my picks this year. I think that's going to play into my analysis. 
and I'm going to be seeing the board like no other. You want to talk about nitpicking this early? I mean, that was lovely. The only thing I took from that, though, is that you said you read his audio book. Yeah, How did you did you read the book or did you listen to the audiobook? I listened to the audiobook, but I, I mean that's that's a form of reading. It's a form of taking it in. It was a green light. So not to be uh, go the other direction here, but um, my football life has sucked since the day I said I do. Uh, all my teams are like winless since I've been married. Is that do we can we draw anything from that? Well, I think it was life balancing you out because you had an amazing Euro honeymoon. And then you pushed it a little too far by trying to include the Packers game. That's really where the demise this season thus far has started was in London with you there. Do I get to be the guy if, if shark has had this change in perspective, can I be the guy that finally traveled internationally and can now say that I, what a perspective life altering trip I could bill Walton uh, this about Carbonara in, in Florence, if you'd like me to, but that would just go on forever. Well, so here's the homework that we need from you because the shark and I, this is actually where I found the most significance and found myself and pushed to push myself to greater lengths, especially as it pertains to college basketball. You know how John Rothstein's like, oh, the Circus Maximus reminds me of uh, the stadium in Piscataway, the rack, you know, that type of stuff. Are you going where I think, hold on, I know you're about to, you're building up. Are you going where I think you're going? Nepali Riders, Taylor. Oh. Nepali oh. Riders. I know you're a Hawaii guy too. Have you been to Kauai? Yes. That's yes. a yes. Have you have you gone to the Nepali coast? Yes. Okay. So all three of us are Nepali Riders. I mean, there's there's two different types of people in the world. There's people that have seen the Nepali coast that have sailed the Nepali coast, and there are people that have not. And you can tell the minute you shake someone's hand or look them in the eyes, whether or not they've written that thing or even seen that thing. That might be my bracket entry name this upcoming year. Nepali Rider. Speaking of brackets, speaking of picks, speaking of predictions, why don't we dive in? Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. You missed a complete. The first, the first, the, uh, the, the first interruption of the year. I love it. Go ahead. You totally missed an opportunity to like, go with Maui Invitational, even though that's not Kauai, hedge that into a basketball preview. I mean, what, what other time are we going to talk about Hawaii on this whole next year? I'm just never, you know, that's just, again, nitpicking. Apparently, we're just nitpicking early in the season. Just to jump in on that nitpick real quick, Taylor, you didn't realize this because you haven't read Green Lights yet, but what you just did was you found a green light and you took it. So that's good. I'm giving you respect. I know you had a rough time over there in Europe, you know, talking about your Carbonara and all that, but you found a green light, you took it. I'm proud of you. Good for you. So as I sit here at the stoplight waiting for a green light, do I have the green light from you to move forward? You don't, you don't wait for the green light. You go out and get it, man. Come on. Well, then I end up like Gary Bertier. Remember the Titans running a red light, man. You just get smashed, all right? I'm looking to – this is just the beginning of the season. So what I'm going to do is take initiative. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt you again. There's number another, two. Another green light because <laughs> let me, let's tie this all into one. I did have dinner with Denzel Washington sitting next to me at a restaurant in the Amalfi Coast. Coach Boone, if we're uh, going all the way through this reference here. Very, very sharp. That's how you tie it together. I forgot you saw Coach Herman Boone uh, in the Amalfi Coast. Okay, let's now move on to our conference picks. One of our favorite times of the year. Last episode, I don't know if you guys listened to it, but I was basically saying, look, this right now is, is, is the time to churn out the content, get your predictions in. I get it, but this is the most volatile, unpredictable sport. We don't know shit. And I had referenced it, or I had made the analogy to 
Wedding Crashers, where Claire is up on the altar, doesn't want to marry Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper shoots back. He's like, you don't know shit. None of us know shit about these predictions, but we can potentially get close with conference winners, and that's what I want to start with. And let's start in the Atlantic 10, okay? A very interesting, intriguing conference here. Taylor, we're going to start with you, then the Shark, and then I'll give my picks. So, Taylor, who's winning the A-10? I'm excited to see kind of a return to glory after, like, a year off, I guess, of the Dayton Flyers. I mean, they are kind of the consensus in the A-10 here. Uh, The Billikens from St. Louis, probably number two uh, in that conference, I would say. Um, Obviously, we have a a friend of the program in Sully, his good name. Uh, That's pretty much where all my predictions are going to go. If you've been on our program and you have represented a school in some way, I'm predicting you to win the conference. So I could wax poetically about why I think Dayton is going to win this conference. I'm telling you straight up, it's only because we have friend of the program, uh, Sully, uh, as as someone who supports us. So I'm going to support his team here. Listener, I, I apologize. You just had to go through that level of an analysis to justify what is a very good pick. Uh, clearly, our, our boy over here did not prepare Subi had reached out to me a week ago suggesting, hey, it's time for us to do our, our picks. I didn't know what we were going to be picking. I certainly did not expect us to be leading off with the Atlantic 10 conference, but here we are. Um, I, I told my audience that I was going to lock myself in a room, throw on Big Booty Mix Volume 22, and I wasn't coming out until I had a Final Four. I do have that Final Four, but here we are leading off with the Atlantic 10. So, Taylor, thank you for you know, that analysis, if we're going to call it that, for why you picked St. Louis. I am also picking St. Louis, and here's some several you reasons Dayton, why. Dude. Even pick St. Louis. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, you picked Dayton. I thought you picked St. Louis. We're continuing to get the – I mean, the entire monologue of Taylor's was because Sully, my good name, Dan Sullivan, was on the program. But, again, that's all right. Well, let's just chalk it up to a turnover. We're at the under four timeout. Let's, let's finish strong here. Go ahead. Green light. All right. I will – uh St. Louis, <laughs> sorry about that, Taylor. I'm just so conditioned to go after this guy that I uh, – uh, bad habits, I guess. So I'm picking St. Louis. St. Louis was a borderline tournament team last year. Their best player was injured going into the season. Javante Perkins did not play the entire year, but St. Louis was still competitive. In the offseason, their point guard who led the country in assists, Yuri Collins, was tempted by a, a NIL deal with Tennessee. He turned it down you got to be an absolute lunatic to turn down an opportunity to play for the greatest college program in the world at this point. Now, you're laughing at me, Father, but is there any college program better than the University of Tennessee right now between baseball, football, and basketball? I don't think there is. According to Yuri Collins over here on the St. Louis Billikens, he thinks St. Louis is a better opportunity for him, and he turned us down. He's a terrific player. I respect that, but they return him, and they also return a, a sharpshooter by the name of Gibson Jimerson. I mean, that is a name that can shoot the lights out right there. When you hear that name, you can already see his face. as it come just pictured in your, in your head. But this is a good team. They are projected to be the second team to finish in the Atlantic 10. I know everybody and their mothers screaming about Dayton, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zag here. I'm going to take the Billikens. We're early on agreeing. I got the Billikens as well coming out of the A-10. Please let it be known that I will be in the building at the flight deck in Dayton for them to, on their opener, I'm forgetting who they're playing, like Leavenwood, something like that. Certainly not Longwood. I know that team made the tournament last year. But I will be in the building 
uh, for Dayton's first game on Monday. Very much looking forward to that. But I'm going to take the Billikens as well. First and foremost, you want to feel old as fuck? Yeah, old as fuck? Larry Hughes Jr. is on this Billikens team. Now, I don't know if necessarily he's going to be a contributor, but the St. Louis legend, Larry Hughes, his son is on this Billikens team. Uh, A lot of people are going to be on Dayton. And I think there's a little bit too much heat on them. They're a top 25 team right now, the Flyers. But at some point, the Billikens will also join them in the top 25. Looking at the numbers, I'm a huge, uh, what's his name? Bart Torvik? I'm a huge Bart Torvik guy. And right now, he does not have uh, St. Louis that far behind Dayton in the numbers. And so when everyone and their mother's on one particular team and the, the data suggests that they're actually relatively close, I'm going to go with the team that not many people are looking at. And then again, Travis Ford. Travis Ford has proven to be a good coach, a solid coach. They were competitive last year. They're bringing back more players. Uh, I really like the St. Louis team, and I think it's going to be one of those knockdown, drag them out uh, finishes in the A-10 that we see quite often. So I will take the Billikens as well. Nice pick, Shark. No All love right. for VCU. We got, we got a friend of the program that's a huge VCU guy as well. Um, sorry. Who's the, who's the VCU guy? Thor. Thor's, Thor's huge on VCU this year. We'll see. Hey, we, we've we skipped over some of the bigger names like Davidson in the past, right? Shit, Richmond won the conference tournament. That might have been flash in the pan, but uh, Archie Miller's there at URI. I don't think anyone's expecting them to actually win it, but should be a fun conference. All right, Taylor, let's go to the big dogs. The ACC. Who you got? Well, I hate to go chalk here for the second pick in a row, but it's a little hard to pick against the number one team in the country in North Carolina. They returned so many uh, stars from last year, uh, including who will probably be the player of the year in the conference and Armando Bacot or Baycott, excuse me. Uh, you've got Caleb Love. You've got uh, really just a, a lot of returning talent on a team that kind of underperformed last year, despite the fact that they made it pretty much all the way to the end. Uh, that type of experience, given the fact that they shouldn't have been there, reminds me a little bit of um, almost like UCLA two years ago, a team that was only supposed to be okay, ended up making a run in the tournament, which ended up giving them uh, a huge boost for the uh, the year uh, upcoming. Uh, I think it's going to be a similar situation. This team is better than that UCLA team, in my estimation. Um, like I said, consensus pretty much – player of the year uh, in that conference. Uh, For me, I I think with Duke's uh, coaching turnover, that's obviously going to be, I would say it's going to affect them at least in a couple games. I still think they're going to be very, very good. There's just too much talent there. Uh, But I I think more than anything else, Shire just needing to get a year under his belt is going to prevent Duke from winning the conference. So I'll go with North Carolina simply because of their run last year, their experience, and that they probably have the best player in the conference. You guys ever read the novel um, by the late, great Charles Dickens, Great Expectations? Yeah, Miss Havisham. Yeah, Pip. You know, he, he rises from, from very low and becomes huge, and he loses everything that he ever cared about in the process. Great Expectations. It doesn't always work out the way you expect it to. North Carolina is coming into this season with phenomenal expectations. As Subi alluded to, they're number one in the country. They played in the national championship. Taylor alluded to that. Taylor alluded to it. Sorry. <laughs> Lord, um, are you not even listening am to I Taylor? Am I here? Like, what am I? Where am I? 
I, I just assumed Sub would have pumped you up a little bit better right there to give you a better pass to get you going. But anyways, they, their, their expectations are way too high. I'm zagging against them. I'm taking Duke. I mean, this is one of these teams. Um, their value for it is plus 200. That's that's not that great. Carolina is basically an odds on. Um, you know, I don't know what their exact odds on, but I imagine it's just barely over. You know, plus 150, whatever it may be. But I like Duke. Duke's got three of the top five freshmen coming in, including my boy who's going to be a Duke Terra, Filipikowski. We're going to learn that name eventually, but that guy's going to be a menace. Um, They have the two Derricks, Derek and Derek, Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead. I just like the idea of John Shire. He's been, he's been, you know, stewing like a, like a, like a guy, Tim Riggins in a Friday night lights locker room, shaking his leg, ready to get out there and finally earn him, earn his way as a head coach. This is his opportunity this year. I like Duke with the no expectations going up against a team that still has to replace Brady Manick. I know everyone's talking about that guy, Nance, that's transferring in to fill that role. I got to see it, man. I got to see it. Manick, I at least saw it at Oklahoma before he showed up to Carolina. So he And he was crucial in every single one of their games in the tournament. They were what, an eight seed, a nine seed, whatever it was. So, you know, it all happened in the course of two weeks. And now we're going to expect those same players that were understandably outstanding as it happened um, in the tournament, but I need to see more of it. I'm going to take these guys that are going to be uh, lottery players for Duke to, to win the ACC. I'd like to make a quick point. Certainly Brady Manick showed out at Oklahoma, which is a better program than Northwestern, but Pete Nance was really good at Northwestern by far their best player alongside Boo Booey. Uh, I, I'm okay with you saying you want to see it, uh, but Pete Nance has done it. Certainly uh, maybe not at, at an Oklahoma school, but he's done it now. I'm glad you quoted Dickens. Uh, what I'm going to do is actually quote one uh, young Jeezy when he says, I love it. And I love it because the three of us are finally all different in our picks. Taylor going Carolina. Shark staying on Tobacco Road going Duke. I'm out of the state, fellas. I'm going to Virginia. The sleeping, dormant Virginia Cavaliers. Kihei Clark, epitome of a Van Wilder guy. One of the best college point guards of the last five to six years. We were having a discussion, Shark, you and I, about some of the most reliable point guards, and you had mentioned Tiger Campbell. Fair. Kihei Clark deserves to be on that list as well, the diminutive one. He's seen the incredible highs, and obviously the last few years have been a little low. But this is a team that is reloaded with talent. Okay, I think they have the number 11 recruiting class coming in and i want you to remember these names the brothers isaac they're going to be key cogs for them isaac mcneely and isaac trout not to be confused with mike arman trout from breaking bad they've been dormant the last few years like i said but i just don't see carolina continuing their success and i think virginia will have the horses to stay with duke uh carolina you had mentioned taylor that they remind you a lot of ucla totally fair ucla didn't win the pac-12 last year right so I don't think and, – and, and you had also mentioned that you think Carolina is a better team than UCLA. I agree with that. But I just think Virginia has been a little bit dormant for too long. They have good talent coming in, and Kihei Clark is going to steady them at the point guard position. Also love Tony Bennett. Give me the Cavaliers. All right, let's move on now to the Big 12, Taylor. So I'm going to go with uh, Baylor here. Uh, I know it's pretty much Kansas and Baylor with, uh, I think Texas was voted third in uh, all of the preseason polls there. 
I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. With you know, Bill Self just got suspended for the first four games, which doesn't fucking matter at all. I don't think that's the necessarily reason. Which also, did we see this? I'm, I'm going to go on a rant here for a second. Uh, did you see what Louisville's? Uh, speaking of this whole thing, Louisville got fined five thousand whole American dollars for this fucking NCA bullshit that we've all had to deal with for like five years. So we were sitting the, on our couch, Taylor, roommates. Bullshit. When yeah, this whole but, thing dropped, and now we're married men five years later. And like homeowners in different, yeah, like it's it's the stupidest thing of all time. Anyway, yeah, so Kansas went ahead and suspended Bill Self, you know, for their games against East-West Kansas Technical Institute and all that. Uh, I guess he will be missing the, the Champions Classic this year. Um, I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal. The interesting part of this conference to me uh, is that its best player is arguably its best player. And Mike Miles Jr. is on a team that is not going to finish higher than maybe what third at best in conference. Uh, that's always interesting uh, in the sense that it gives you a lot to watch within the conference. Um, as much as I didn't like Scott Drew over the to- course of time, it's a little hard to argue with recent results. Uh, I like Baylor just slightly better than Kansas this year, despite the fact uh, that Kansas obviously uh, had a great year last year. Um, and I'm also very uh, happy that we don't have to talk about uh, sixth man of the year, Remy Martin, anymore, speaking of Van Wilder, guys. Uh, so I'm going to go Baylor here to win the Big 12. I agree with you, my friend. I'm also on Baylor, 2-1 to one to win it. I, I just like them. They're returning L.J. Cryer. They have Flagler. Cryer was injured at all of last year, essentially. And they bring in one of the top freshmen in the country who, get guess what, he's another combo guard that they can play just in the same way that they played the three of them when they won the title a couple of years ago. So then that's Keontae George. So I, I like this team. I like Scott Drew. Um, you know, they're, they're one of these teams that – is always going to hang around and there's no uh, it, within the top half of that conference. And I just like their ability to sustain it longer. Now, having said that and Subi, I see you chomping your lips over there a little bit. Cause I expect him to take Texas. Cause I know he likes Texas. And I also like Texas. The difference that I see between Baylor and Texas is I think Baylor has the, the continuity and the consistency of that program to sustain it throughout the regular season. Now I do like those longhorns much like my boy McConaughey, to do some damage in the Final Four if we have to get there. You know me so well, Father. You know me all too well, because I am staying in Texas, and I'm going with the Longhorns, okay? Last year, I said it ad nauseum last year, when everyone was ready to crown him, like Denny Green, you want to crown him? Crown him. Crowned him too early last year, all right? A lot of good talent came to Austin. First year, Chris Beard, Marcus Carr, Dylan Dissu, right? Christian Bishop. Timmy Allen, first year, though, it takes a little bit. The stew's not going to be perfect on the first try, okay? And that's what we saw last year. I think Texas actually had a pretty solid year, and I think they met expectations, which is win a tournament game, play Purdue really well. And that's exactly what they did. And I think that was a perfect first step for Chris Beard, getting this team back to the tournament with a win under his belt. Something, by the way, that Chris Holtman doesn't have over at Ohio State and Danny Hurley doesn't have it at UConn. But this is the year I think it all comes together. And you know I'm a whore, absolute whore for senior leadership. The names I mentioned, Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Bishop, Disu, Brock Cunningham, him him, and, and Kihei Clark are Van Wilder guys. But all those names, they are seniors, 
And now with a year of Beard's system under their belt, the huge belt buckle in Texas, right? It's strapped and ready to go. And I'm a huge believer in Chris Beard. You're right. I I I, I was sold with what he did at Texas Tech. And I'm, I was sold last year what he did with Texas uh, because that's not an easy place to win games, especially in your very first year. I think he met expectations. They were never a top 10 team. They shouldn't have been preseason ranked that last year. Uh, this year, though, I think they're going to make some noise and Chris Beard's going to get a Big 12 title. Just wanted to add one more thing about Baylor that I kind of forgot to add. I'm sure uh, Shark did as well. The return of JTT, Jonathan uh, Chamblin. That's Chamble. why I didn't say it. Yeah. I didn't want Chamble. to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, he missed. He was in the lineup for up until mid-February last year and then got hurt. Uh, having him back, you would imagine, as a fifth-year senior, speaking of senior leadership, uh, to have him as a returner to this roster uh, at Baylor should be a, a big boon for their success as well. Terrific point, Taylor. I also want to encourage you two and everyone listening, go to Baylor's Twitter page. I'm sure it's been a couple weeks since I watched it. They did a, a little mini documentary on JTT's injury. Gripping. Moving. Inspirational uh mini doc and just all about his perseverance i'm not even kidding it's it's worth your time and it's worth watching and it makes you want to root for this kid so go watch that everyone uh all right that's our big 12 prediction let's move on now to the big east taylor who you got so this is not i guess that big of a deal in normal years but i'm still gonna go with nova um you know creighton i think is the consensus pick uh, this year to win the conference, obviously with the coaching turnover, that's going to be a big deal to see how that turns out. Um, you know, a lot of returning talent is still there. Uh, speaking of Van Wilder guys, there's still an R2 Diakono on this team, uh, which is the which is just absurd. Also, Kihei Clark's still only 22. Uh, speaking going back, that's like when did he start college? When he was 16? Was that's he an early enrollee? Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I think that Villanova as a program is kind of, it's almost like the other teams in the conference need to show me that they consistently beat them, whether Jay Wright's there or not, before I pick against them. I know that might isn't like the hard-hitting analysis here, but Nova is Nova until someone tells me or proves to me that they're not Nova. So it's going to be, a, it's, it's not, I guess, an upset pick because they're still expected to finish in the top two or three, but I'm still rolling with Nova uh, until someone you know shows me that I shouldn't. Do you want me to tell you why you shouldn't right now? I mean, yes, just, please do. Just, yeah. That's where I so that's where I was hoping I, to go with this. I'm not sure you're aware of this, but Justin Moore perhaps could be out for most of the year, so he's injured. So Sue, if you could, if you could splice in a little bit of the country singer Justin Moore, just to really hammer this point on Taylor right now, so we can all kind of laugh at him and sing country uh, the country version of Justin Moore while realizing that he didn't recognize that that injury occurred. I would appreciate that. I'm not taking Villanova. Um, uh, you know, this pick, I was tossing and turning on this thing. I, I tweeted out that I was locking myself in a room and listening to Zach Bryan until I came out with a Big East winner, and I came out with him. And the, the way I can equate this pick is, you know, when people have fads, you know, you got, you got fads out there. Some people embrace the fads. They're going to wear the, the trendy new clothes, whatever it may be, and then sure enough, they eventually go away. The fad 
in this situation, I, I go back to growing up. I used to love wearing short sleeve button down shirts. Loved them. All right. I would be, you know, my, my close friends, my wife, girlfriend, whatever, maybe they'd call me a loser for wearing a short sleeve button down shirt. Dwight Schrute, whatever this. I just liked it. I like the idea of it. You know, you're loose on the arms, but you're also a little bit formal. Well, that wasn't cool way back when. It wasn't cool to pick that. But eventually it's starting to, people are wearing short sleeve button down shorts. You see them in the South at SEC games, people in the crowds, their fishing shirts, whatever it may be. Those are in trend right now. So I didn't want to fight the trend anymore. I'm embracing it. And Creighton is the pick in the Big East. Everybody is picking Creighton. Everyone's saying, don't pick Creighton. But, you know, it's too fancy to pick them, whatever it may be. But I actually like Creighton as the favorite, plus 160. They did not have Kyle Brenner and Nemhard against Kansas in that bottom right bracket in the second round, and they took them to the wire. Well, let's bring both those brothers back. Let's also bring in Kaluma back. And let's also bring in the sharpshooter from South Dakota State to play with Creighton basketball at that point. And two of the interviews that we did this over the summer, so we interviewed Alex Barlow and we interviewed Tyler Lewis. Where did they say the toughest place to play was that in their career? Dollar Beer Night in Omaha. That's right. So they're going to always have that home court advantage. They're going to light up the scoreboard. They can win on the road. They can. I, I like UConn. I was tempted to pick UConn. Providence, it could always be difficult. Villanova, what an awful pick from Taylor, but we're going to move on from that at this point. But I like Creighton. Creighton is my play this year. I like how Shark hits me with, yeah, nice hard-hitting analysis, Taylor, and then follows that up with a fucking button-down short-sleeve shirt reference for, for 90 seconds. Thank you, Shark, for the hard-hitting analysis as well. Look, man, I, I I will admit that it went a little bit long. I didn't land the, the point on the short-sleeve button-down, but I, I hope you stayed with me to the end because Creighton's a good you, pick. You know who looks great in short-sleeve button-down shirts? Justin Subi. Moore. Thank Subi. you. And, and I'm glad I stayed with your entire speech as well, Shark, because the entire time I'm thinking to myself, well, that's, that's what I wear during the summer. And the that pink, I, that pink one that you wear all the time, that thing, that shirt fucks, and it has oh, yeah. for years. I mean, that oh, yeah. that shirt, that shirt is the Villanova basketball of short sleeve button downs. Reliable. It's more fun than Villanova for sure, but yeah, I love that. And and many argue if if the print that is uh, a swordfish or, or a marlin, but we'll get to that in another in another time. Shark, I'm gonna have to push back on you. I'm in Taylor's side. I'm taking Villanova as well. We've seen coaches in their first year with a good roster and a blueprint there win games and win conferences, and we've seen that recently. That's the exact situation Kyle Neptune is in right now. Essentially, he's been given a Final Four type of team. I know it's they lose Gillespie, Justin Moore's out. Shoot, even uh, Cam Whitmore's hurt. But as it pertains to the Big East and Big East play, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those guys back and that'll give them a, bu- a bunch of momentum and a good jolt. So I'm going to take Villanova. Question, when was the last time Creighton was this hyped preseason? I don't even think the teams with Doug McDermott were this hyped preseason. And I'm pretty. Uh, they may have won the Big East tournament in MSG with, with Doug McDermott. I, I don't know if Creighton is ready for these expectations. You talk about Miss Havisham and Pip. I don't know if, if Creighton's ready for it. Villanova, no matter who is on that roster, and they still have some guys returning from that Final Four team last year, and Eric Dixon, Brandon Slater, Archie Diacono, like you had referenced, I think they can tread enough water and be there towards the end of the year. Look, even last year, when they looked a little shaky, it essentially took 
the final home game, I think, for Providence to close that out, to close out that Big East title and shut the door officially on Villanova. Uh, and still, they rose to, to a Final Four. So I still like Villanova. Uh, the only issue is that they're so damn small. Their tallest guy is 6'9". So, of course, no Gillespie, first-year head coach, injuries that they got to battle through. But I think it's going to – once Big East play starts, the tide's going to turn towards the Wildcats, and they're going to finish with a nice finishing kick. See, I, I, I have to jump in. What makes you believe that? Just because they wear Villanova on their jersey? The coach that instilled that for two decades It's still there. Kyle Neptune was on the bench last year. Oh, last year. Great. Yeah. And he doesn't I'm, have the, one of his best players. See, I just don't think that you can do that. You can just didn't, didn't plug and you play just new pick, coach. Didn't you just pick Duke to win the fucking ACC? Oh, yeah. Tell me who Villanova <laughs> has coming in the top five. Best I'm just, I'm just country. saying you can't, you can't, I'm just saying you can't say, oh, a coaching turnover is going to, it doesn't win conferences when you've already picked a coach that's in the turnover to win a conference. Yeah. I think there's a, massive talent discrepancy in that point but hey okay okay yeah okay that's fine then that's totally fine if the talent discrepancy is the argument then fine but you can't say that one team's going to win the conference because they have a coaching turnover and the other's not because they have a coaching turnover it's the same I think point the, doesn't work both ways well I, but that I did, that wasn't my analysis on dude but I, I get your point it's the not biggest, a good one but i get it <laughs> the biggest issue here is health for villanova and that's why look me and taylor are daredevils we're fun all right you you do a little pencil dive off of the short diving board. Taylor and I do Greg Luganis type backflips, and sometimes we may hit our head, but we go for it, and we're showmen, all right? So I'm taking Villanova. Taylor's taking Villanova. Shark on Creighton in the Big East. All right, let's move to the Midwest now, the Big Ten. Taylor, who you got? This is going to be a huge surprise pick. Honestly, this conference, though, to me, was uh, it's kind of all over the place. In, in my mind, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, I, you know, Indiana is kind of the favorite to win this conference with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Illinois is up there, um, you know, as well as a very popular pick. But I'm going to go way, speaking of taking a dive into the deep end, I'm going to go way off the scale on this one. And I'm going to go with a team who has an identical brother of a guy who led the nation in scoring last year. I'm going with Iowa, Chris Murray. Oh. Chris Murray having an incredible behind Chris Murray, Keegan's identical brother, uh, having a huge breakout season this year. He averaged like 10 points a game last year. If this is, if there's a year for a team like an Iowa or kind of one of these middling, uh, uh, you know, middle of the pack teams to win uh, this conference, it's probably this year. Uh, Michigan state's kind of, I don't want to say down, but they're not their usual, uh, you know, top 10 uh, preseason rankings. Um, like I said, I don't think super highly of Indiana. Um, you know, Illinois is obviously very good, but I, I think there's some missing parts on almost all these teams. So I'm going to take a flyer. Uh, this is probably the first time in this show's history that I didn't pick Purdue to do anything, whether win the big 10 tournament or the conference or whatever. Uh, be a good year to pick that, but uh, but I'm rolling with a very very out of left field uh, pick here, simply on the heels or on the shoulders, I should say, of uh, of Keegan's identical brother Chris making a huge step this year. I almost almost dropped to my to my backside, had a heart attack like Tony Soprano when he opened up the the cupboard and he saw Uncle Ben's rice 
Like I just saw the Hawkeye right there on Taylor's prediction. I just, I lost it. Uh, what a pick. We'll see how it ends up. Shark, I mean, is there, is there a, there isn't a better year in this conference though, to pick like a random flyer though. In my, in my opinion, I mean, am I off base with that? Nope, not necessarily with, I, not necessarily picking Iowa, but that a team you're usually not going to see in this conference, uh, like a middle of the pack team rise up to the top. This might be the year for that. Big Ten's going to be deep, Shark. Who you got? Sorry for the delay in responding there. I, I was still picking myself up off the ground after you indicated that you guys are somehow gunslingers for picking Villanova to win the Big East the previous round. So um, let me get myself collected a little bit. I'm picking Michigan. All right, Michigan plus 450 to win the Big Ten. A lot of McConaughey, green lights references in this. I said it in the beginning of this episode. When you are faced with an encounter, you got three choices, and they are your choice. You can persist, you can pivot, and you can concede. And when my Tennessee Vols played Michigan in the the first round of the NCAA tournament last year, and I encountered Hunter Dickinson, I concede. That guy is a monster. He's an incredible college basketball player. I think he's in line to win the – the Naismith College Player of the Year. I, I think he is everything that you would want. I don't like that he's doing a podcast midseason. Historically, that doesn't work out. I think back to like Josh Norman and Brandon Marshall that were doing shows during the NFL season. Didn't yeah, necessarily Draymond Green last year. Yeah, that didn't well, work but out. well, but he he clearly wasn't the guy that won them the game. So this is again, you guys think you were making good points, but they're just not good. This goes back to Taylor's point about the talent discrepancy. You know, I I, I could have said Draymond, but it's not a very crucial one to bring up there. I'll continue. Michigan, they also, they, they have a culture. You know, Juan Howard's in his fourth year there. He's bringing in his son. I think his name is Jet, top 50 recruit this year. He's going to be, he knows what the coach wants. It's his damn son, for Christ's sakes. You still got Dickinson. Uh, Joey Baker transferred there as well. I don't know if you can really expect anything out of that, but I like Michigan. I like the value, and I just can't live in a world where Indiana is the favorite team to win the Big Ten. So I'm picking Michigan torn completely completely torn when it came to this big 10 prediction i was i was like a pendulum swaying back and forth between michigan and indiana i ended up going with the hoosiers first and foremost it's just better college basketball is better when the blue blood of indiana is good they broke their drought of tournament appearances last year and this looks like a program under mike woodson that is building into a perennial contender which is what they should be that's what we we should expect from the Hoosiers. It's not what we've come to expect over the past few years, but it's what we should expect. TJD, I see your Hunter Dickinson, and I'll raise you a Trace Jackson Davis, a man who's on the preseason that's, all what? That's not a raise. I mean, come on, that's not a raise. He's a he's a preseason all American, okay. just like who, Hunter is. You gotta pick a team right now. Who who would you take? <clears throat> I will take TJD. Yikes. I'm taking TJD. Um in this particular case, yeah. Because he is an All-American talent. Don't sleep on Jordan Geronimo, who had a coming-out party a little bit uh, in the NCAA tournament. Played very well. Watch out for freshman Jalen hood Shafino. All right? Jalen hood Shafino is going to give them good minutes. Uh, I like the Hoosiers to beat out Illinois and Michigan. I'm surprised none, none of us went Illinois. Uh, I think they're one of the favorites as well. But I do think that they're going to end up beating out Illinois and Michigan. The core is there. And I do think we're going to look back on these last two years as the foundation for consistent winning in Bloomington. So give me big uh, for the Big Ten. Give me the Hoosiers. Uh, I like TJD to get it done.
All right. I forgot one other point on Michigan that I had in my notes I didn't make. They they have another transfer guard from the Ivy League. So you think back to what was it, Mike White from a couple of years ago when he came from Columbia. You they got Jalen Llewellyn from Princeton this year, who's another sharpshooter. So expect another short guard that runs the offense that they want. Sorry to do that. That was not well placed. No, I look, I like Michigan. And I think they're a very good team. I also like Hunter Dickinson, who, by the way, got completely sunned by Christian Coloco last year. But that's also a first-round pick. Mike Smith, um, too, by the way. I, I'm, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> uh, so three different picks right there. Taylor going to Iowa, Shark going to Michigan. I am going Indiana. All right, let's move on to what I believe is going to be the conference with the most theater. Last year, it was the Mountain West. You had to stay up for every single game in the Mountain West. Boise State, Wyoming, Fresno State, right? All of these great teams. San Diego State. This year, I believe it's going to be the it's going to be Conference USA. Taylor, who you got? All right, Conference USA. I'm going to go off the favorite again, which I believe is the is the Blazers from University of Alabama Birmingham this year. But I'm going to go with a team in North in Denton, Texas. The Green Machine, Mean Joe Green's alma mater in North Texas, uh, generally considered to finish second in this conference. Uh, I'm going to take them first this year. Uh, you are completely right, Sub, in terms of the amount of theater that's going to be here. I do think that there's one more conference that's going to have more theater than this. Um, uh, they're going to be a little more easy to find on TV uh, than, than Conference USA is living on CBS Sportsnet there. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, like I said, with uh, North Texas, really, honestly, not exactly. I, I can't wait for the pushback from Shark on this, but not exactly a ton of analysis here. I think that your uh, prediction of uh, this conference having as much theater, though, is going to lead to uh, some crazy results. Uh, and really, the only other reason I'm picking North Texas is I've actually been to their basketball arena like three times. So uh, actually, Subi and I have both been together in, in Denton, Texas. Uh, so that's Really, there's hard-hitting analysis for you right there. Uh, love love Grant McCaslin, too. Awesome coach. If you ever get the chance to go to uh, – fuck, what was that bar that we went to? Katie's Ice Trail? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, the, one with Joe Green, the one with mean Joe Green's jersey on the wall. Can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll tweet remember. it out or something. <laughs> Have been to Denton. Do not remember much of it. Shark, who you got? De- Denton Brewing Company. Mean Russian, Imper- mean Russian Imperial Stout at Denton Brewing. All right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with UAB uh, I, again. I, I rode UAB last year. I loved them in that top right five twelve matchup against Houston. Unfortunately, they were playing Houston, uh, but UAB they got Jelly Walker. The guy's lightning in a bottle. He's fun to fun to watch. Um, they also have Eric Gaines, who was a similar type player that transferred from LSU to play for Coach Kennedy. Molasses running out your mouth, Sue. That's your boy. Uh, but I like I like UAB this year. There's high expectations. They're they're a trendy team. They're a fun team. They score a lot. Uh, they they got some experience last year in the tournament. I'm picking them this year. Peanut butter and someone pick me up. Jelly Walker. What do I put on my English muffin in the morning? <laughs> Jelly Walker. Jelly. <laughs> I, Jelly. <laughs> Jelly. Walker, baby. Yes, I'm taking UAB as well. Um, a lot going on with the Conference USA, but this is my, uh, like I said, the, the the conference, or at least let me say this, the mid-major conference that's going to produce the most theater. 
Jelly Walker's electric. Andy Kennedy, one of the more underrated coaches uh, out there right now. They're going to go as Walker goes, though. That's the thing, right? So I think, Taylor, you had mentioned this with Iowa and Chris Murray. They're going to go as, as far as Chris Murray takes them. UAB is going to go as far as Jelly Walker takes them. And I think he's going to dazzle us. We had, we had a little bit of an uh, appetizer, I suppose, last year with their run. But I think this is now the main course. Okay, so I'm looking forward to Jelly Walker, Andy Kennedy. Also, they have an all-name team guy and sophomore Tony Tony. Don't sleep on Tony Tony. Tony times two. Uh, so give me UAB. I'm very much looking forward to that. Taylor, can you tell me what uh, conference you think is going to yield similar theater, I suppose, that you had in mind? I think it's a, a conference that's uh, probably the best. Is it the best conference in the country this year? down south where it means just a little bit more than everywhere else in the country could be let's finish it off with them but next let's go to the mountain west the previous baton holder of the best theater in in of the mid-majors taylor who's coming out of the mountain west for you i'm guessing you guys can pick can guess where i'm going with this given what i uh have already said in this podcast whereas if you are a friend of the program i'm there's likelihood that I'm picking you to win the conference. Let's go way up high. Let's get some elevation. And I'm not talking about vertical leap in terms of elevation. I'm talking about getting high in the mountains, a place where your starting point guard could lead the team and assists, rebounds, points at any given time. And that's Wyoming. Going with Wyoming. Love, love. And actually, this isn't just because Coach Rogers was on our program earlier this year. I love Hunter Maldonado, one of my very favorite players in the country. Dude is can literally do it all, as we just said. Um, they're going to have a great home court advantage, as they always do. And uh, just simply my love for Hunter Maldonado is why I'm going with Wyoming. I'm taking San Diego State. I, I don't know. I don't have a good enough file on the Mountain West right now. What do you want me to say? I know they play great defense. I know they got Coach Zacher. I Matt Bradley. I think is back again. That guy that's built like a third down, like a goal line running back. I'd throw him in there and have him plow it in. He's 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 jacked. That guy more shredded than a Julian salad. I swear. Yeah. So I mean, you got he's a senior guard, super senior guard, I guess at this point. I just like that team. You know what you're always going to get. They're consistent. Um, I historically always liked Utah State and I like Colorado State, but I will never forgive Colorado State for not closing out that game against Michigan in the first round, that play, the very first game on Thursday um, in the play-in game. Well, not necessarily play-in, but the no, that wasn't play-in. No, it was. My, it was my apologies. Yeah, six eleven, just a regular six eleven. But Colorado State was somehow favored. Never forgive them. I'm taking San Diego State. Yeah. First of all, I think it's interesting because this team never came on my radar and this team also didn't come up on your radar, apparently. Your guys' radar, I should say. Boise State, didn't they win the conference last year? I think I think Boise State won it. They were very good. They were like 26-5 and five or something like that, too. And then they, they, ran into, they ran into Memphis, and remember, they're getting killed in the first half, and they stormed back. It was just too much of a hole that they, they dug themselves. Just really a really interesting conference because they did not have the greatest showing in the tournament with Wyoming losing – Colorado State losing. Uh, you mentioned Boise State and then also SDSU, who is my pick. Uh, it's tough because, Taylor, that relationship is there. 
with coach Mark Rogers. I hope he doesn't hold this against me too much. I really enjoy what they did in Wyoming, bringing in Agbon Polo, bringing in Jake Kyman, but too much at SDSU, another veteran team. Like I said, big old slut for veteran teams. I think they only have one freshman that really could contribute. Matt Bradley has been mentioned. Don't forget about Adam Seiko. They're back. Brian Dutcher alongside Andy Kennedy, one of the most underrated coaches in the country. And you talk about a a great home court advantage in Laramie, Wyoming. Same with Viejas, man. That is an absolute hellhole to play in. I was talking to Anthony Santos at Cal State Fullerton last week. They open up with uh, San Diego State. It's very difficult to play in Viejas. I think this is the year. And I also think that they had a missed opportunity against Creighton. Sure. You mentioned Creighton against Kansas. Creighton shouldn't have been in that position because SDSU in that first round game completely peed down their legs against a, I, I think, I forget if Kalkbrenner was playing in that game or not, but SDSU should have won that game and they should have been the ones that were going to go play uh, Kansas. So I think there's a bit of a redemption here for SDSU. Think of it also along the lines of Virginia. They've been dormant the past couple of years. They're back now with more senior leadership. I'm taking the Aztecs out of the Mountain West. Taylor, let's stay in the West Coast, our conference, the Pac-12. I'm going full homer on this because everybody could have told me I was a homer last year and what happened. Same shit. So let's do. Let's run it back. Um, I'm going to Arizona, going full homer here. Uh, and it's really not to me as about the players. Um, obviously lost a lot. Uh, in in uh, Coloco, Benedict Mathurin, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I, I have a similar feeling this preseason I, as I did for Arizona last year, and that is we have a lot of people who are going to come surprise uh, the conference, I would say. Um, a little more underrated, under-the-radar folks, which is exactly how Coach Tommy Lloyd operated at Gonzaga. Um, and, you know, I, I just think very highly of Tommy Lloyd. He plays a fun, upbeat Tough style of basketball is very fun to watch. I think it's a system that you can plug and play uh, with newcomers uh, like Courtney Ramey or who are who are older veterans or newcomers like Kylan Boswell and Henry Vassier and, and those guys. Obviously, Kirk Creesa is, you see, the number one most villainous college basketball player in the country at this point. He's close. I mean, He's I close. hate him and I'm an Arizona fan. He, He's close. Him. Yeah, I mean, what? This is he did putting, give me a cameo for my wedding gift, though. That was really kind of him. That is huge. That is huge. Um, I just like Tommy Lloyd. Uh, UCLA is obviously going to be very tough. I think we can all agree that Nick Cronin has done a much better job, or a better job than I think what we would originally have anticipated when once he got hired there. I'm not saying, despite their success, that he has brought the uh, allure back to UCLA basketball because Nick Cronin doesn't exactly play the – most exciting style of basketball, but it's a successful style of basketball. I think this conference, I think Oregon's not going to be as good uh, as is predicted this year. And I think uh, the other part about this conference that we're going to see at the end of the year would not surprise me if three or four of the coaches in this conference do not have jobs next year. Uh, In Washington being one of them, ASU being one of them, and then Stanford is one. Uh, where Jared Hass is going to have to coach his hats off uh, if he wants to go ahead and and stay on for another year there. So uh, long story short, uh, I'm going Arizona to win the conference in what is probably not that big of a, a homer pick, um, but 
I just I just think from what we saw Arizona last year, uh, a little under the radar to winning the conference. I'm going to stick. I'm going to keep that same energy to quote Kyrie Irving uh, and and keep Arizona here. Don't know if you want to quote him, man. He just got suspended. He just got suspended for five. He just flashed across my screen. He just got suspended for five games without pay. So that's the only reason that was on my mind. Breaking titch news. I love it. Also, also fuck that guy. Moving on. hundred percent. Um, that Haas line was pretty funny. I got to give you credit, Taylor. Uh, I'm picking the other team that you guys are favored with. I have them also at plus 185 UCLA. I, honestly think that Tiger Campbell is the best guard in the country. I know everyone's going to say, oh, Marcus Sasser. I love Marcus Sasser. But if you're giving me one guy that I want to have the ball in a national championship game and just control the tempo of everything, get me a big shot on a pick and roll when I need it, I'm picking Tiger Campbell. And they're bringing in this rookie who's supposedly like a young, and I call him a rookie, but this freshman, Amari Bailey, who's like a Jordan Clarkson-type instant offense. That's what they need. They're going to play defense under Coach Mick Cronin. Soup's boy uh, Haquez is still there as well. I know he gives them night terrors every single night and when we're up in February and they're grinding out that Pac-12 title. So Arizona, I've always liked Courtney Ramey. I, I wanted to get myself to pick there. I just think replacing Matherin is going to be a massive hole for when you guys need a bucket in crucial moments. And also the rim protection that Coloco gave you. I just think UCLA is a little bit more consistent. Um, I wanted to pick you guys because, like I said, I do love Kirk Creason. I, I love that guy as a college player but I'm going to roll with the guy who I think is the best guard in the country. There are times after a weekend bender, actually your guys' wedding, perfect examples, where I just have the best time ever, drinking a lot, partying, and then I come home after a long day of travel, tons of anxiety, tired, breath just reeking of light beer, right? And then the next morning I wake up in just drenched in a cold sweat. And it's probably my body rejecting the fact that I haven't had alcohol on the travel back. But I wake up in this cold sweat. That's what Jaime Hawkins does to me. It's the exact same thing, okay? <coughs> Shit, I got to edit this out. I'm coughing. But that's what uh, Jaime Hawkins does to me. Okay? Hawkins giving you a cough now, too. Yeah, it's exactly right. I've been battling something. Anyway. Hawkins, Hold on. How do you miss the how do you miss the Hawkins something up while he's coughing? How do you how do you miss that right there? Should I just leave this in? Technically, you missed it too. I mean, you were there. Should I just leave this all in? No. Actually, you're you're the you're the producer. <coughs> it does sound disgusting though, so I'd appreciate it if you cut it out. Hawkins, Campbell, and Amari Bailey. I might just leave it in. A three-headed <laughs> monster that can bury you from all over the court. I do think Arizona lost too much talent to win this conference. And last year, I took Oregon. Dana the Don, not anymore. Don't see Dana the Don and, and Oregon uh, keeping up talent-wise with UCLA. I think that's totally fair, Taylor. You go on Arizona, defending champs. Tommy Lloyd did that in his first year. But Matherin, Dalen Terry, Christian Coloco might be a little bit too much. Meanwhile, UCLA brings back a lot of those those players – uh, and don't forget about David Singleton, okay? That kid can shoot the leather off the ball. I think he shoots about 45% from three. So we're enamored with Hawkes. We're enamored with Tiger Campbell. Both of those guys have been to the Final Four. Watch out for David Singleton from the perimeter. And also, Jaime Hawkes, stay healthy. He was battling an ankle injury all of last year. That's a huge component 
to the success of UCLA because when he's on, they're on. When he's off, UCLA kind of sputters. Uh, so they need Jaime Hawkins healthy. Go ahead, Taylor. So I know there's been a, a, probably more than one reason for this, but do you remember, you know, going to Oregon for a second? Remember how good and foully Dante was supposed to be? Yeah. Like Him and Wiseman Memphis, was supposed to be. The Memphis master. guys got on here and were like, no, James Wiseman's a pussy. And Fally Dante's like the best big man in the country. He's going he's gonna to eat James Wiseman alive. And this dude is – I mean, he's a good basketball player, don't get me wrong. But, I like, the hype that was behind him that came on and and really, he, he you know, having fourth year, like, seniors is obviously a great thing in, in your college basketball team, but this is definitely not the trajectory we expected for someone like Infali Dante. Just wanted to point that out there. He's from Mali, right? Infali Dante? Can we look that up, Shark? The only reason I brought that up is because if he is from Mali, Umar Balo is from Mali. Dante wouldn't even be the best big man for Molly in the conference. Molly, Molly, Molly. Um, sure, let's go with Molly. Yeah, that's where it's right. from. You guys are the Pac-12. Is is Will Richardson still the best player on Oregon again this year? He's pretty good. I know, but is would, he still their number so. one guy? Yeah, right. I think he is. I mean, how many times can you run that back? You know, he's been he's been the guy <laughs> well, for three straight. Well, years. that's that's. I like that you said that. That's kind of where I was going with this. Yeah. Like we still have a lot of the same players there, and you keep like, oh yeah, Oregon, they're going to be pretty good. He's a great role player, but he, no, they're he all they're yeah. good. They're good. Uh, they're just not. They're, they just don't really have that guy that's going to like push them over the edge. In my opinion. Yeah. Both for Molly, Dylan Brooks. That was the guy Oregon needs. We're we're so far removed from Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks I know, has been in that's the league. That's what they long. need. They need yeah. one of those bucket getters. I'm just saying, Dylan Brooks has been in the league now long enough where he's kind of a villain with some fan bases. All right, let's finish up our predictions with the Sharks conference. I'm actually going to zig here, Taylor, because it is his conference. Shark, I'm pitching it to you first. Who's coming out of the SEC? You going to shock us? I'm not going to shock you. Um, the only reason I think Tennessee may not win the SEC regular season this year is just because the aspirations are bigger. I mean, this is a final four team this year. People are starting to take notice after they pounded Gonzaga in that scrimmage when Gonzaga played everyone as well. Uh, But Tennessee is returning everyone with the exception of Kennedy Chandler, who was a great player. I I will cede that. And John Fulkerson, who was no longer a very good player. All right. I know it's funny to laugh about Fulkerson. He's there for six years. He really wasn't that good by the end of it. And instead, you know, they're, they're, they're reloading, they're returning, JJJ, they're returning Ziegler, they're turning Vescovy, they're, they're bringing in this transfer, Tyree Key, who hit about 17 threes against Gonzaga. They, that from Indiana State is where he came from. Um, and Ziegler, I mean, I, I think learn learn how to spell his name too. It's everyone spells it wrong. They go, Ziegler. there's not a chance I'm going to do that. All right. Well, watch this. Can I give you a little lesson? You're not going to forget it right after this. You know it, the old, you it, know the old uh, Nelly song? Underlay, underlay, number EI, EI, uh oh. It's EI for the Ziegler. EI, EI, not IE. Z E I, Glenn. You promise, you I'll, I'll promise to spell his name properly if you, when you refer to Ben Matherin as Ben, you put two N's. I call him Benedict. Fine. But I'm telling you, are not going to forget how to spell Ziegler now. But I mean, they're, they're, they're just going to plug it back in. Um, this team, I, I have tremendous expectations for them. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, Tennessee is the preeminent college sports college in, in all of sports. I, I, w- I would take any challenges that you got against me right now, but I think there really is no uh, contesting it. The only thing that I think could prevent them from winning the regular season is 
you know, an injury that makes them keep a player out so they can focus on a, on a final four run. I don't want to hear the Rick Barnes hasn't broken through just yet. Made the sweet 16 a couple of years ago. All right. It's okay. It's good. That's a decent run. You guys made it last year. It was like the magical season for you. You lost in the sweet 16. It happens, but this is the year for Tennessee. Always so good to get your reaction uh, here on November 3rd, as opposed to the day after when you lost to Michigan. <laughs> your thoughts on Rick Barnes have certainly evolved here the past few months. Taylor, who's coming out of the SEC? I can't believe you didn't team me up for this so I could then fluff the shark so, for, so he could wax poetically. Also, how do you not, when you're doing a spelling situation here how do you not go i before e except after z that's how you remember how to spell his fucking name that's gold right there not whatever you just came up with with a nelly song from when we were like seven yeah yeah Uh oh well he picked st louis to win the the a10 so maybe he's connecting it with that but i do like that i before e except after z yeah right it's right there in front of us um we're sharp today by the way boys i just want you to know that good work i I'm also picking Tennessee because I support my friends, unlike the shark who couldn't find it within himself to pick Arizona for anything ever. I'm here out here flying my orange flag for Tennessee this year. I will push back a little bit that, yes, uh, on today, November 3rd, I'm not sure when we're when we're posting this. Yes, Tennessee is probably the best athletic school in the country that could change in 72 hours when they play the defending national champions in college football. But uh, I will give them. Who's going to pass him at that point? Who's going to pass him at that? Let's say they lose to Georgia on Saturday. Who's going to pass? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, this is not, I'm not, I'm not even speaking negatively about Tennessee. I literally just agreed with you that, yeah, that right now they, they are, it it could change. Don't come to me with a problem. Come with a solution. Continue. Anyway, uh, Triple J. Green light. uh, Viscovi. I'm glad that we've all figured out how to say his name now, right? It is Viscovi. Or Vescovy, right? No, it's Vescovy. You just Vescovy. said it wrong. Vescovy. Yeah, Vescovy. <laughs> I cor- okay, I corrected my I'm here. This is a learning. Get, we're someone's learning gotta talk about, yeah. you got, someone's talking about Julian Phillips. I didn't do it. So I'll let you talk about Julian Phillips. A young Stacey Ogman, as uh, Terrence Holmes <laughs> says. Uh, anyway, picking Tennessee. Um, yes, uh, really for all the same points that uh, Shark had, that is uh, really what I wanted to tee him up for there. Um and I am a um, a what's the word a sucker for environments, right? And so actually, where you're going with um, where Tennessee is at in terms of the hype around both their basketball and football program, that's fun to me. Like, yeah, Rupp's great, right? But Kentucky fans don't—they're not going to sit there and jerk themselves off for winning the SEC. I'm not saying that's what Tennessee Tennessee fans are, but there's certainly a lot more excitement, a lot more hype a lot more fun around the Tennessee uh, program right now. Very, very excited for Tennessee, Arizona on December 17th in McHale Center in Tucson this year. That was one of the best uh, games in the non-conference slate last year, uh, Arizona, Tennessee. It's also the most fouls Arizona has been called on since 1998. So we'll see if that happens in Tucson again this year. Uh, well, Arizona is going to get redemption. They're going to knock Tennessee down a peg or two. But it, again, that has no bearing on the SEC, of course. I'm glad you two are in lockstep, holding hands, going up the slide together, coming down the slide together. Because I'm going Kentucky, you bitches. All right. I'm going with the boys from Lexington. Jacob Toppin is going to make a huge leap this year. But the key, the little key, Savir Wheeler. Can he stay healthy? 
I think he does. He was awesome against Auburn on the road last year. And then I think he got hurt during that game. Kentucky ends up losing. Uh, but I love Xavier Wheeler. I think Jacob Thompson's going to make a huge leap. Everyone knows about Oscar Shibway. He's going to be an All-American. He's going to be amazing. And I don't think people are, are thinking enough about the fire in their belly and the embarrassment of losing to St. Peter's. Not to mention, I think now, for the first time in a long, long time, there is legitimate pressure on John Calipari. Okay, coming off that loss, not having been to a Final Four in a few years, only having one title, I say only. And and, and my my uh, barometer, or, or the way I view coaches, is how many Final Fours do you have? Calipari's got a ton. Okay, so he's obviously a Hall of Famer, wonderful coach. But there, the pressure is mounting a little bit in Lexington. And so... I'm very much looking forward to Jacob Toppin and Xavier Wheeler helping out Oscar Shibwe and getting Kentucky to uh, the SEC title. And so they may even make a run to the Final Four. I know we keep saying that the past couple of years. They got upset by St. Peter's. But give me the Wildcats coming out of the SEC. And not to mention, real last quick thing. I, again, I've never seen the Shark this happy when it comes to sports. It can't last forever. Okay, even he would tell you that. He knows this. I could see the Vols and Hendon Hooker and Josh Heupel, that dude who looks like a bag of milk, playing in a college football semifinal and playing for a national championship. I could see that in football. There's no way that good streak and that good fortune continues for the Shark. Another reason I'm taking Kentucky. See, this is not fair. I mean, my teams have literally not won anything other than just be somewhat hot for a couple months. They haven't won. Meanwhile, I, I grew up in a land of Patriot fans and won, you know, every single year for nearly a decade. So I, you're already trying to drag me down. I'm not I'm, dragging I'm, you down. I'm letting you know that this is your couple of months. Like you're living it right now. No, you're ready to drag me down. Like you're no, waiting for me to fall. Yeah, so you can point and laugh. I'm not going to do that, baby. Green lights. Green lights. So that's the SEC. Those are predictions. All right. Uh, We're going to get on out of here. Taylor, Shark. Some terrific predictions. Very much looking forward to the season. We want to get out of here on some hugs, though. And it's going to be to all of our guests that were nice enough to join, and they deserve being called out individually. Right after the title game, we got former Kansas Jayhawk Landon Lucas came on. That was amazing. From Sleepers Media, Carter Elliott, thank you. Xavier's Ryan Anderson and David Miller, great friends of the program. Arkansas's Ruben Williams, a young up-and-coming stud. Wyoming's Mark Rogers, who's been mentioned on the pod here earlier this episode. Portland's Jeremy Pope. USC's Chris Capco. Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney. UMass head coach. This was probably one of the biggest highlights of our entire podcasting career. UMass head coach Frank Martin. Former Colorado Buffalo, the big man. The mayor, Evan Batty. Bryant head coach, Jared Grosso. Thank you so much. Maine Celtics head coach, Alex Barlow. Tyler Lewis, a former Butler and NC State guard. And then, of course, last week, Cal State Fullerton's Anthony Santos. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for jumping onto the program and really helping us fill this offseason. We're going to be rooting for all of you guys. Go ahead, Taylor. Sub, I, I just want to say that I think uh, the Shark and I owe you a hug, as we always do. You've done a phenomenal job at getting all these guests on in the dog days of summer when not everybody's talking about college basketball. You, sir have been nose to the grindstone, uh, keeping these guests rolling in. So big hug to to Terrence Subramanian, I would say, on that. Amen to that. Hardest working man in the business. Mahalo, baby. 
Really appreciate the kind words, gentlemen. I know I've shared this with you via text, but for everyone else, one of the main reasons is, one, because I really enjoy doing this. It's a great creative outlet for the three of us, but also I cannot stand my job, and I'd rather channel all of my energy into tracking down and chasing these guests and getting them on and chatting them up. So we got a big season ahead of us. Cannot wait. We'll catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops.